This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We're Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a, another edition of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 518, and we thank you for listening to the only online listening experience in podcast form. You can go to all of your major podcasting applications, make sure you rate, review, and more importantly, subscribe. Social media-wise, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, Twitter.com slash MarkingOut, YouTube and Instagram slash Marking Out 11 and Twitch, twitch.tv slash Marking Out. I uh, have had some time this week, so I've been preparing some new uh, graphics and gimmicks and stuff like that for the Twitch. So uh, we'll get back at it soon, folks. Uh, we have merchandise, and there's a sale going on right now until pretty much when the show gets up. Uh, <laughs> it's after the fact. Yeah. Uh, and screw it. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for purchasing shirts. At ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. I purchased some shirts this week, um, and we'll get that into a little bit. Email us, MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, I am also here. Well, Stockman Dave will be uh, here later on the show. You can follow him at DaveTheRave underscore Mo for all of your stock tips. And uh, we're here at Brandon, who you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I'm doing good, but I got a big question for you. <laughs> What's that? Say it. Hi, how are you week? <laughs> Daddy <laughs> wants to know how your week was. It was uh, it was pretty good. I didn't do much, but I, I made a baked ziti. And I normally saw. I just do it with cheese and sauce, but I wanted something different, so I added cream cheese to it. Okay, and, interesting. Uh, I think it might be the best baked ziti that I ever made. I got baked ziti from our uh, pizza place that we go to last night, so it was it was pretty good. So you what got else? Ricotta cheese in it or no? Yeah, I had a little ricotta, a little mozzarella, whatever you want to yeah, call see, it. Yeah, see, I'm not a I'm not a ricotta guy, so I uh, uh, or quote don't want to offend anybody. So yeah, no, I, that's uh, just Italian. Just trying to say ridiculous things. <laughs> right, I'll, so I I'll take the, the calamari. Yeah, I'll really take the gondama. The what? Yeah. No, I said I added the cream cheese and it was good. Well, you know, that's a kind of a, a consistency of ricotta cheese, so that's pretty good. And then uh, other than that, my beard turned 10 this week. I saw. Congratulations. Do you use any product in it? <laughs> no. No? I All just right. shampoo and condition it. Okay, because I... I've been growing a pretty serious beard myself because, you know, I'm home all the time. And what's the point of shaving if I'm not going out? Um, so I've been using a lot of Cremo products uh, on my beard. They're not sponsoring us, but um, they have some great, great products if you're looking for some beard care stuff. And I, I, I did get a, a beard straightener, too. Which oh, is, yeah, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, it's great. It really is. It really is it's, awesome. it's crazy that my beard has been growing for it. It predates marking out. I know. Did you did you have a party for it? I did not. I would hope. I was hoping for some Carvel, but <laughs> yeah, you've been on that Carvel. Asking uh, the owner of the Mets, Steve Cohen, if he's going to have Carvel. Uh... Yeah, I figured I'd give it a shot. He's been responding to some people. He's uh, he's quite the character. Yeah, he seems uh, he seems like an interesting cat. I liked uh, he. I guess he. Um, 
mailed out to some people like Christmas presents or something? Or just like thank you for supporting the Mets? Well, I, I know for like um, season ticket holders because my aunt, Rachel's aunt and uncle have like Sunday season tickets. At the end of the year, they, they gave him an email say, hey, listen, we want you to do a drive-by because we have, you know, bobbleheads and stuff like that for you. Oh, so they did cool. this drive-by. They gave them two cups with like, oh, yeah, um, who is it? Uh, Jacob deGrom, uh, Cy Young winner, um, Pete Alonzo, Rookie of the Year, that they were going to give out as like a promotion in the 2020 season, and they didn't. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then they gave him two bobbleheads too of uh, Alonzo and deGrom also. So I wonder, maybe they were, I don't know, maybe they were going to give these, they, they, I saw somebody got a hat, the Queen's Shea Bridge hat. Okay, cool. And he responded to the person and said, such a cool hat, enjoy. And then he responded to himself and said, did you get the car yet? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so uh, the Mets are the, the talk of baseball this week, uh, making some big trades. So Yeah, I heard they're, uh, they might have the season. Uh, I don't know. Anything's possible, right? Yeah, you got to believe, right? All right, cool. But uh, how was your week? Uh, it was kind of slow. I mean, nothing really going on here, kind of getting, trying to get back into, you know, a rhythm of things. And, you know, it always stops and starts and stops and stops. Um, I did buy some shirts. Um, I got the uh, Brody Lee uh, Luke Harper tribute shirt from uh, EC3 and his company. I, you know, it's I don't, a, a really sh- nice t-shirt. It is a nice t-shirt, right? I was I was looking at like all the t-shirts, like all the tribute shirts, like what I would like. I like that one because like, hey, like the the background's got this like smoke and stuff like that. And then it's just like a menacing picture of Brody, which you kind of, I kind of really, uh, I, I, I dig. So I picked that one up. Um, I also uh, got that orange Cassidy shirt that looks like the yearbook picture. That one that's like was the top seller before all the oh, yeah, stuff happened. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I got it for six bucks. Oh, wow! I was scrolling through Facebook and Hot Topic was like, "Oh, we have a sale on shirts," and it says Orange Cassidy yearbook shirt six dollars. I'm like, and buy right now. You know, shipping everything like that. It came out to twelve dollars. So, from yeah. pro wrestling tees? No, from Hot Topic. Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know why they would get rid of that shirt. And I got an LG, I got an El Generico micro brawler in the mail from wrestling, pro wrestling tees. No, from uh, eBay actually. Oh. It was a dollar. It was a dollar ninety nine <laughs> on eBay, and I was like, I have to scoop that up. So, like my display right now in front of my computer is I have my fiends and Bray Wyatt figure on one side, and I have Jericho and Edge on the other side, and then I have a, a micro brawler on uh, both sides. I have a Cabana one, and I have an El Generico one. So it's pretty cool. No major ones. Um, I'm looking. I know the price on them are a little bit higher than one ninety nine. I know the Matt one I saw goes for like twenty five bucks hmm. on eBay. So uh, I'll eventually crack. What about those the the, the prototypes they're releasing of the, the retros? They're gonna have made, have made. Yeah, they've made uh they've made some career for themselves outside of WWE. Yeah, I know. And as you know, I we we mentioned it on the end of your show. Um, the, uh, tag team of the year. You know, it could be them for you know taking this major wrestling figure podcast brand and expanding it to what they did. So I think it's cool. Cause like with the super seven figures you had like outside of a major company making figures, you had the Jushin Liger figures. Yeah. You had the new Japan figures that are, I think first coming out now. Yes. Um, you had Phoenix and Penta. 
And then Super 7 announced Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, and it's like, it's really incredible that, and there's such a demand for it, so that's cool to see. I know. I think I... The, and then now they announced the uh, the Gals and Anderson ones, but I think the, the Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Edge switchable three-pack was like the number one top seller at ringside over 2020? Maybe not. No, it was not. It was in the top. Top 10? Top two, uh, t- I don't know if it was a top ten. I think the Orange Cassidy figure, if I'm not mistaken, is number one. It really. Yeah, I'm gonna while while we're talking, I'm gonna go to uh, Ringside because I know they just released it. They released their like list. I'll go to Ringside's uh, Instagram while we're uh, continuing to talk about things and whatnot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that, that was pretty crazy. If that's like, because that's like new. Like, relatively really new. Oh, number one is The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Oh, the Elite 77. And where do, where does Edgeheads fit in? Uh, number two is Jericho's A Little Bit of the Bubbly. Three is the Firefly Funhouse Ringside uh, Exclusive. Four, the Edgehead 3-in-1. Uh, okay. Five is the Kane dressed as Undertaker dressed as Kane. Number six is Orange Cassidy. Seven is the Matt Riddle Elite 78. I have that figure. Uh, Kenny Omega is number eight. Number nine is the Blood Brothers. And then number 10 is Darby Allen. Wow. Who are the Blood Brothers? Um, they did a Ring Sky exclusive of that match. That Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Dustin and Cody. Yeah, real solid. But, uh, yeah, professional wrestling and wrestling figures are pretty cool. But we're not a action freak wrestling figure podcast. Um, so, but we're a pro wrestling and sports entertainment talk podcast. And let's talk about pro wrestling. We haven't spoke about it in a couple weeks because, you know, nothing crazy. Oh, we got to talk about the biggest thing. You start the year off right. Meltzer's throwing stars out left and right. It's Wrestle Kingdom from Japan. Uh, This occurred literally days before Japan went back into a state of emergency and a lockdown. So it was. Oh, I didn't know that that even happened. Yeah, I I believe it was today. That's insane. Because there was talk about it. Like, there might not be um, any sort of – might not be people there. They might have called it off in the last second, but they got the people in. They got to do this in front of a crowd, which is totally, uh, you know, yeah, Japan it, uh, declared it state of emer- emergency. It was very, very Upsetting eerie. to you? No, eerie. Why? The fans were allowed to clap and stomp their feet, and they had, like, sticks to bang together, but they were not allowed to audibly cheer. Due that's, to COVID. Yeah, that's interesting. So it was like a, a Japanese crowd is already typically more quiet. Yeah. So to hear like no cheers like that whatsoever was very, very strange. I know, but, uh, you know, big things did come out of both nights. Yeah, first I just want to mention Rocky Romero opened up Wrestle Kingdom 15 by, by saying it's January 4th. You know what that means. And they dedicated the 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 show to Brody Lee, so I thought that was really cool. Awesome. Uh, but like the the biggest thing from night one, we saw Kota Ibushi defeat Naito to become the IWGP Heavyweight Champion and the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. And That's awesome. Afterwards, he said he wants to unify the titles because nobody challenges for just one title. Yeah, and also he probably doesn't want it to be too uh, heavy. So that's that's a lot of gold to hold, brother. 
but we also saw Gorillas of Destiny defeat Taichi and, and Saber Jr. to become the record-breaking seven-time IWGP Tag Team Champions. Uh, Kenta retained the right to face John Moxley for the IWGP US Championship. And they aired a John Moxley vignette that says he's coming. So we don't know when or where that match is going to be taking place. I, yeah, I know. I know, like, before, like, Rocky was saying it on um, the Talk and Chop podcast last week that, like, say you have to quarantine for 14 days when entering Japan. He's yeah. like, I'm going to enjoy Christmas. And then after Christmas, I'm getting on a plane in Japan and sitting in a hotel room for 14 days. It's like, I wonder if. It, it's 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 strange because like the last time Moxley couldn't make it, they obviously they just stripped him of it. Yeah, um, they probably it's, have it's bigger plans for it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, because well, because Kenta held on to it, so they definitely want to see Kenta versus Moxley. Yeah, for sure. But night two of Wrestle Kingdom, we saw Ibushi solidify that victory from night one by defeating. Jay White and successfully retaining both championships. And then Sonata challenged him afterwards and Ibushi accepted. So we will probably most likely see Sonata versus uh, Ibushi for the, for both championships. I don't know if they're going to actually unify the titles or not. Yeah, true. But with Jay White's loss, he had a huge breakdown during the, the post-show press conference and he said that after New Year Dash, that's it. And I, we don't know if that means he's done with New Japan, if he's done with Bullet Club, if he's done with the Switchblade moniker. But uh, I'm reading on the, the gimmicks that it might be WWE. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying WWE. I personally don't think there's a place for Jay White in WWE. Uh, well, that's, I, I mean, NXT for sure. I mean, that would be awesome, but especially with the, the caliber of a wrestler that Jay White is and has built himself into. This is a guy that, you know, uh, two years ago made event at freaking Madison Square Garden for the biggest quote-unquote indie show, you know, at the Garden. If, um... And you, have to, and you forget, too, the next day at New Year's Dash, he got pinned clean. Yeah. But that, if... If he were to come to WWE, I think, like, like if Balor is still champion, that's two generations of Bullet Club there that I think fans could really pop for. I mean, and I, I agree that he would be a great addition to um, NXT, but again, I mean, well, I mean, you're seeing you're, there's reports of Damian Priest going up to the main roster. There's reports of, so it's <laughs> Which like those reports are like, or like it was scrapped because Roman Reigns didn't want him up or something. So on on Wednesday, I saw people tweeting out saying Champa or whenever it was this week saying Champa was supposed to debut as Roman Reigns, uh, not as Roman Reigns, debut with Kevin Owens. On SmackDown, and then it turned out that it was Priest that was supposed to apparently yeah. be Kevin Owens' best friend, and KO's like, why would he be my best friend? And then Roman Reigns agreed, so everyone's like, oh, Roman Reigns blocked the debut. Yeah. And it's like, it, 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 it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But, but still, I think Jay White could definitely fit into that main event scene, like, instantly. 
It, what in NXT? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that. As far as like the main roster, uh, like Raw SmackDown, I don't like. They're bringing yeah, Raw back Goldberg. SmackDown, he'd be like, lost uh, there, but definitely with NXT for sure. If, if any, like if there was a smaller guy as champion right now, it'd be unbelievable. It would be. It wouldn't be believable. Well, no, no, but like if there was a smaller guy like that was W, like not small, small, but like AJ Styles or, um, I don't know. I can't think of anybody. Our truth. <laughs> Regardless, that's one. Use that coupon code. Save 20% free shipping. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Always a great way to start off any year, regardless of what year it is. I mean, last year was a hot dumpster fire. We got an amazing Wrestle Kingdom last year. Yeah, this but year- 2020, 2020 has not ended yet. Yeah, it really has. It's, or 2021, as I like to say, you know, they say, hold my beer. Um, I really, it feels like Jay White after that press conference. <laughs> I know, I know, geez. But anyway, let's let's hop over to, to Nashville. Let's go to Impact Wrestling. Uh, Ax- Impact on Access TV. Uh, Genesis is this Saturday. And they gave you a little, you know, you could say taste of what is to come. Uh, Yo, I was so confused when they were saying Genesis and Hard to Kill. I know, it was a lot. It was a lot for It was a lot for me, too. Um, I was like, wait, Genesis, this weekend? Sweet. I got something to watch on Saturday night. But they, <laughs> but they give you a taste of what the Super X gonna, Cup is going to be like. And you had Crazy Steve picking up the victory over Ace Austin, the debuting Casey Navarro, who's going to be on Dark next week also, uh, oh. and Blake Christian. So two standard high flyers on the indies make a name for themselves on TV. Uh, yeah, this Navarro, match was... Navarro from like CZW, uh, Blake Christian from uh, New Japan, uh, and GCW. Uh, more so, yeah, GCW. But it was it was really awesome to see Blake Christian and and Casey Navarro on on Impact in this match. And this was your classic X Division style match. Yeah, Blake Christian is so good. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy that that he's given this opportunity to shine like that. Also, I mean, I like Casey Navarro as well. I saw at a CZW event Casey Navarro and then who's the other? Oh, it's another one of these He's another one of those CZW guys. I forget his name and I'm if he's listening, we follow him. Um oh my god, I can't believe I can't remember this. Man, they tore it up on a CZW show. Um, he looked and he dressed like, like oh, I forget his name. Son of, a, I'm sorry, man. But anyway, uh, I saw I, back I thought then. Ace Austin was going to win this, but now I kind of feel like he might win the whole tournament. I have my predictions about who should win this and who I would like to see win this. It's not who you think, but let's continue on. You have well, when are we going to get that prediction? Yeah, you know, maybe later in the show. Uh, you have Sammy Callahan with a backstage promo on Eddie Edwards talking about their match later tonight. Um, you know how you have Callahan accusing Eddie Edwards of giving people false hope, uh, and the ha- he said he's here, and it's time to give him a reality check. He warned Eddie Edwards about Alicia being ringside, and I was like, when he said that, I just like went straight to Ready to Rumble with the the ladder match. You never stand too close. Oh, uh, true. <laughs> but yeah, so that promo aired, but we had another AEW commercial after that. Which just um, was great. I was laughing so hard at this. Which Tony Khan made it seem like all it takes is a hundred bucks to to advertise on Impact. So Impact, we're we're definitely we'll we'll pay you a hundred bucks to get a commercial. <laughs> yeah, right with some green screen stuff. What? 
Right, like let's, we'll, we'll just put ourselves on some green screen. We could green screen it, or we could just air our pro wrestling tease commercial. <laughs> True, that's right. We own all, we own everything in that. So, uh, but after that, yeah, including the uh, Jordan the Oliver NWO that was music it. parody knockoff. What's that? Sorry, I said including the NWO knockoff theme. Yeah, true. It was Jordan Oliver versus Casey Navarro that tore it up. Oh yeah, yeah. Jordan Oliver's awesome too. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, but I I love this. Um, I loved the promo with Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone. Um, <laughs> I just I loved Tony Khan just getting angrier and angrier throughout the entire thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, we saw Bullet Club on a bus. Yeah. Uh, legally, I guess they're not called the Bullet Club. To international copyright laws. Uh, but they were just putting themselves over as a tag team over uh, rather than a team like Rich Swan and Motor City Machine Guns who have no history really together as a tag team. And then later on, we saw Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan respond. And Alex Shelley's just like, let's just go to the RV and beat them up. Yes. They get to the bus and the club jump them from behind. And uh, even though, I mean, I just, there's no way they're winning on the pay-per-view. Who? The Impact Stars? Alex Shelley and no, Motor City. None, none whatsoever. No way. As, as, what did I say? This is how you sell a pay-per-view with a match like this. Oh, my God. We're going to see Kenny Omega on freaking a pay-per-view for what I think they're twenty thirty dollars instead of paying you know the sixty dollars you'd spend for an AEW pay per view, so I think it's cool. I'm about it. Um, next matchup though, it was supposed to be Eric Young and Joe Doring versus Cousin Jake and Rhino, but it it turned out to be the new version of Cody Deaner bald, as I kind of alluded to last week. I said I'd be probably gonna see him come out and be bald. And it was Cody Diener, or now being referred to as just Diener, and Joe Doring picking up the victory over Cousin Jake and Rhino. Uh, afterwards, you have, you know, the three-on-one attack on Cousin Jake. Uh, but then Tommy Dreamer comes out and fights him off with a kendo stick. And he says uh, he challenges them to hard-to-kill. Uh, hard it's going to be a three-on-three old-school rules match. Yeah. So, very cool. Tommy Dreamer still rocking that double man bun. Yeah, and this is such a, a character change for... For Cody Deaner. I know, because we've seen him as his hick redneck for the, I think his entire TNA impact, whatever you want to call it, run. And now he's just this disciple, you could say. Yeah. Kind of, uh, I mean, you you had said it, kind of reminiscent of uh, Steve Cutler, almost. Yes, he looked like without Steve Cutler. His hair. Very, very similar. So uh, After that, though, we saw Johnny Swinger and AC Romero backstage. And AC was just still investigating who shot Johnny Bravo. And Swinger told him to check the knockouts locker room. He goes, I get in there all the time, brother. Daddy. (laughs) So uh, we'll see more of that, I'm sure, next week. Uh, But after that, we saw Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly come out. They spoke about um, the, the championship and everything. And Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary make their way out. And Ty is basically just saying, you never faced me. I'm looking forward to this match. So Perrazzo, uh, if she beats Ty of Valkyrie at Hard to Kill, she she was like, you won't you won't matter anymore. Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be uh, at Hard to Kill. That's gonna be a match that I'm looking forward to. It's and gonna- then later on, 
Tennille was was asked uh, she asked Rosemary to become her tag team partner since Ty is going to be uh, going out for the Knockouts Championship. I liked how I liked how she's like Rosemary. She's like Dashwood. <laughs> I thought it was funny, a little a little quib right there. Uh, we saw Rohit Raju and Chris Bay backstage where Rohit's giving his resolutions for the new year and he was saying it's forgiveness and he forgave Chris Bay. And he's like, we're even now. And Chris Bay's like, we're not going to be even until I become X Division champion again. Yeah. And then they brought up Manic and how it's probably TJ Perkins, TJP. And they went over to TJP to question him about Manic, and they were like, we want a tag team match. Us versus you and TJP. Uh, us versus you and Manic. And TJP's just like, well, me and me and Manic don't really get along. Yeah. So we won't... I, I still think we could... Doesn't seem like TJP gets along with anybody in life. I feel like we could see that match still take place, though. Okay. Yeah, they'll probably I mean, work. Given, it's, it's... I mean, Manic is under a mask so yeah so right yeah after this you had the semifinals to the impact knockouts tag team title match as havoc and nevea pick over to victory over jordan grace and jazz uh, i like i like part of me i'm like yeah heck yes you know havoc and nevea going on to the, the the finals but then a part of me is like oh man they should have had jordan grace and jazz go all the way that's what I thought. That was I thought we were going to see them get to the finals, but now I just hope that Kira Hogan and Tasha Seals wins. The, I think the that's tournament. what's going to happen. Not 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 to knock, and I, I say it every single week, not to knock Havin and Vea because I think they're both amazing, amazingly talented women. But here's a good thing to do with. Um, why am I losing my train of thought, man? God, uh, against their challenge, who did they? Feel? Tasha Steels. Sorry. Man, I'm really bad today. I apologize. Um, but anyway, after this, you have a backstage statement with Jordan Grace apologizing to Jazz and saying that, uh, you know, let's have a dream match this Saturday at Genesis. It's going to be Jazz versus Jordan Grace. So that's yeah. cool. With that, and you know, I like whatever jazz, negative comes a positive. Jazz thanked her for, for getting her out of retirement. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to take place. And after that, we saw Deanna Perrazzo asking James Mitchell if Sue Young was back to being Susie again. And he's like, not quite. And we're introduced to Susan. I thought this was hilarious. Susan uh, kind of looks like she'd be a Karen. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) I wonder if that's like, I wonder, I don't know. Well, I'm interested to see what Susan will be. Yeah, she be. She looks uh, like she's like uh, the leader of the HR department. Yeah, uh, but earlier in the night we saw an interview with Matthew Palmer, and this stems because Moose said that he can't last three minutes with him. Uh, and then it was also when Moose broke kayfabe about the the wrestlers showing up to be extras as security guards. And then Matthew Palmer actually picks up the victory over Moose. He lasts more than three minutes with the help of a distraction from Willie Mack. So Willie Mack and Moose feud is not over. No, it's not. They're facing off at Hard to Kill in an I Quit match, I believe. Yes. No, they're facing off at Genesis. Man, pay-per-views back-to-back. They're facing (laughs) off against uh, Genesis in an I Quit match. 
So after that segment, we saw Ethan Page talking to Karate Man, and they will be facing each other at Hard to Kill. And that's really all you can say about that. I thought Ethan Page was like actually done with the company. Yeah, no, he's not, and I think he's leading everybody on. So. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and next up, your main event is Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan, which doesn't even happen because these guys yeah. start fighting uh, on the outside. There's baseball bat swings. There's steel chairs being thrown all over the place. Um, it's it's funny because they brawled for like 15 minutes before the actual bell rang. Like the match didn't even start until there were five minutes left, and yeah. then it just ended in a no contest because they continued to, like you said, just brawl everywhere. Yeah. Um, Eddie teased him with that baseball bat and uh, Sammy Callahan used his phone to get footage of Alicia trapped backstage somewhere. He hits Sammy Callahan with the bat and then he goes looking for Alicia Edwards and he finds her and she's like, it's a trap. And he gets jumped by the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. This is like a horror movie segment. Yeah, and then Sammy Callahan joined in. Yeah, and uh, after the after this, you know, it goes off the air. Everyone's in horror. The, it's Barbar Massacre and Hard to Kill. Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was Impact Wrestling. Let's move over to Wednesday. And then let's not talk about the, all the negativity that went on Wednesday. Let's talk about the positivity that was AEW's first show of the year New Year's Smash, it kicked off with the Young Bucks and SEU picking up the victory over the Acclaimed and TH2. Let's just talk about Mac, Matt, Ca- Max Caster's, uh, you, you could say, pipe bomb. John a, Cena? Yeah, of, a, of a, a, a rap to open that show up. I sat there, I was just like, I was applauding. I'm like, let the man do his thing. And then you have uh, the Bucks and SEUs wearing uh, shirts that say, rap, your rap is crap. Yeah, big uh, West Texas Rednecks parody. Yeah. From WCW, Kurt Hennig, Bobby Duncan Jr., Barry and Kendall Wyndham. And then, of course, at one point, uh, Virgil, who was Curly Bill. (laughs) Did you really look that up? No, I just, like, I was a huge fan of West Texas Rednecks. (laughs) You. And, uh, and, And rap is crap and good old boys. Their uh, their songs, I I liked I liked them. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, the match ends with uh, Matt Jackson hitting a Meltzer driver with Chris Daniels doing the best moonsault ever. No, it was a, a, a best Meltzer driver ever, a best Meltzer ever. Right, sorry, whatever they're calling it. But regardless, uh, I, I didn't like. I thought that finish took way too long, and I didn't understand Nick teasing the Meltzer driver only to stop get back into the ring and dive to the outside. Well, they apparently said that one of the Jacksons, apparently from whatever that uh, was a 450 or some sort of big move that uh, Jack Evans did, that he thought he broke his ankle or he broke his leg. Yeah. So maybe that's what, turned out to not be just anything. Need, just or needed some just ice. Like a twist or something. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the baby faces pick up the win. Afterwards, SEU essentially challenged the Bucks to tag team titles and they all shook hands. Yeah, and, and they, the, they mentioned right. that if that they're, if they lose, that's it. They're done. Yeah. So. so I don't know if that means like 
like where does Scorpio Sky fit into that group still? He's still in there. It's just he's uh you know uh, on the side doing his own thing, doing his own single, giving his own singles run. Yeah. So next up, you had the return of John Moxley, who hasn't been seen since he lost the AEW World Championship, uh, and he just said, "Kenny Omega, I'm coming for you." He goes, "The, bo- yeah, he's he the didn't boogeyman." Bring now. up the the championship, so hopefully he doesn't want the title. <laughs> He, he just, just wants, wants revenge. Kenny. Sweet, sweet revenge. Yeah, like it'd be nice to to not have Moxley wrestle for the title again right now. Yeah, I mean they're doing this AEW Impact kind of thing, so you, you have to maybe at Revolution it'll be a Kenny versus Rich Swan main event match or something that to that nature. Uh, anyway, next up you had Dasha interviewing Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor backstage. They're mentioning that Trent is out four to five months now with an injury. Yeah, torn peck. He doesn't need surgery, though, so that's positive. Um, he is interrupted by Miro, saying that uh, uh, Chuck Taylor challenges Miro to a match next week, and Miro tells him if he loses, Chuck <laughs> needs to be his young boy until after the wedding. So, so that's probably definitely happening. Oh, right? it's, to- it's totally happening. <laughs> uh, next up, a highlight. I think this is my favorite match of the night. You had Warlow. Uh, uh, you know what? At, at, at this time in, in it, okay, this is one of my favorite matches of the night. Wardlow picks up the victory over Jake Hager, and this was just a uh, what they say a hoss fight. A Jake Hager match was your favorite one of the night because it got Wardlow over more and showed the versatility of him as a singles wrestler. When he went up to, for the uh, the Swanton Bomb, I was like, yes, they're putting him up for the Swanton Bomb. He it made him look great, and he cleans him, and he pins him clean. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, he hit him with that F ten, and they fist bumped after. So all is well in the inner circle. You know, and there was a you know, I I know I'm going a little bit out of you know order here, but after you know there was a backstage promo with uh, MJF going into his locker room saying, "Hey, listen, keep your head up. It's going to be awesome." And Jake Hager fist bumped him too. Yeah, uh, but speaking of backstage, we saw a private party backstage with Snoop Dogg. With uh, he brought juice for them for their little party, and then Matt Hardy showed up with contracts for them to sign. I guess to be their manager and make the most uh, out of the team. And he was like, thirty percent is a great cut for me." Yeah, and uh, I thought Snoop Dogg being there was pointless, though. Well, I guess it was just because of the the private party. You know, they like to drink and stuff like that, so they had the gin and. I thought it was funny that he brought cranberry juice. You know, that whole ocean spray video that went viral. Yeah. So that's what I thought that was funny. Uh, um, Team Taz came out, followed by Darby Allen. We saw the, the new TNT championship. It's the, the same plate design. It's just, it's got a black strap now. Everybody's and I think it looks going so much, nuts for it. It looks so much nicer now. I, regardless of what it looked like, I always thought it was a cool title, but the black is different. It, you know, it works better. Um, but yeah. I just thought like the red strap version looks like a, like a fire department related thing. Okay. But yeah, so he's got the new, the new strap to the, the TNT championship, but they had a weigh in for Darby Allen versus Brian cage, which I will never like these weigh in segments, especially when Darby Allen is like 170 pounds. And then Ted's like, not hey, even he's got a jacket close. on. He's got belts. He's got these shiny things. Yeah. He's not even close to being the size of Brian cage, but Taz, I think more than makes up for this, these segments with what he, with his commentary and stuff in the ring. 
But Darby tried to square up with Team Taz. Sting comes out. I guess you could say makes the save. And Team Taz runs. And I don't understand why Team Taz is afraid of Sting. Because Sting has a baseball bat. Darby Allen has a skateboard. uh, And then they only have uh, two guys, three guys that can wrestle. But but it's like, but they're four guys. Taz could 100% still lock in the, the Taz mission. Yeah, oh, for sure, absolutely. I'm waiting for that. They're all four of them are supposed to be like these badass guys, including including uh, Hook. Yeah. Why would they be afraid of Sting? Because he's Sting. I just I don't. Wait, get he's it. not. He's not Sting. He's Sting. <laughs> yes. After that, they showed a clip from AEW Dark of Negative One's promo on uh, Marco Stunt. And then they cut backstage to Jurassic Express where Alex Marvez asked them what's next for Jurassic Express. It gets cut off by FTR. And they were like, Marco's stunt is useless. And Stunt gets fired up, pissed off. He's like, I'm taking Luchasaurus' spot next week. I'm going to team with Jungle Boy. I'm going to take FTR on. So next week, instead of having Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, we're going to be seeing... Uh, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt versus FTR. I hope we're gonna get Jungle Boy's new music. Well, hundred percent. That's it. That's like the that's it from now on. It's Tarzan Boy. I know, and a lot of people were popping all over the internet for it. And I liked Taz's uh, commentary. And I love this song. That was fantastic. Him singing along to it. He goes, "It was a genuine reaction because he had no clue that it was gonna be playing." Yeah, and I can't wait for people to be like more than a thousand people to be in an AEW arena when Jungle Boy comes out. Because you know, just like Judas, people will be singing all over the place for that. You know, I got to say, though, I I feel like years ago it was like a meme song. So much so that I don't like that. I like it's very I have to hear that song very rare. And now I'm going to be hearing it like weekly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But uh, but it's cool that 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 Tony Khan got that for Jungle Boy. I believe he used that on the independence before. Probably AEW, uh, but after that we saw Cody. Is it? Does he go by Cody Rhodes now? Or he no? goes Just by Cody. Cody Rhodes now. So Cody Rhodes defeated Matt Seidel. We saw Snoop Dogg managing Cody instead of Arn Anderson this week. And the sick remix of uh, Cody's theme song. Yeah, him, uh, Snoop Dogg, and and Downstate together. Uh, but Cody Rhodes accidentally takes out Serpentico during the match. Um. And really, ultimately, I just wish we saw more of Matt Seidel. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good showing of Matt Seidel. You know, afterwards, though, post-match, you saw Luther and Serpentico jump in the ring uh, and knock out and so Cody Rhodes, and Matt Seidel comes for the win. Uh, did I want it to be Matt Seidel? No. Did I want Matt Cardona to run from the back and post it Snoop Dogg and Cody? Yeah, but that's just me being <laughs> selfish. Yeah, so Matt Seidel helped Cody out here, and then oh, yeah, the Cody had an instant night. recovery. As he set Snoop Dogg up for what the, I guess, Sports Illustrated and other companies are calling it a frog splash. It's a doggy splash, bro. Sasha Banks is just saying, brother, we're going to need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's a good, it was a good spot. I enjoyed it. I loved, I absolutely loved, Snoop Dogg is like, no, move him closer, move him closer. <laughs> Jericho, move him closer. He's like nine feet tall. Does he need to be moved closer? <laughs> He was so good. And Snoop Dogg falls, jumps off the top rope, and the downward lands. facing dog. And uh, 
that that was that that was the enclosure to Snoop Dogg wrestling that that to uh, put over the Go Big Show. Yep. And then Cody Rhodes counted the three count to win, or weird. not to win, but like gimmick win, I guess. Yeah. No, for sure. We saw the AEW Women's Championship on the line. Hikaru Shida picking up the victory, retaining the title over Abaddon. I'm happy that Shida retained. Uh, they went under the ring at one point, and Abaddon came out with blood dripping from her mouth. And then Hikaru Shida came out with blood all over her neck. And she she hits the... Uh, the the flying knee to to pick up the victory there but like i almost agreed with chris jericho here like how could they let how could the referee let that continue with like she she got an open bite wound yeah well i like that they kept kayfabe alive and put uh he put gloves on <laughs> good yeah. for Bri- i love bryce I see, yo. when i see spots like that though with like the the fake blood gimmick i get so worried Dating back to Impact Wrestling, TNA. Why? With a spot where they had Christian supposed to be, like, gushing blood. And they put a red rag to his face. I don't remember Like, it's pre-blood all over it. (laughs) So I always, like, get worried when I see spots like that. But this looked fine. Um, After this, we saw Ty Conti. Cut a promo on Serena Deeb, and she's got a uh, an NWA Women's Championship match next week against Deeb. Yeah, and Johnny got... was there, Alex was there, Anna Jay was there with her as well. Yeah, so she's got the Dark Order in her, in her corner. Is she a member of the Dark Order? I don't know. I don't know either. But after this, it was main event time. Kenny Omega successfully defends his AEW World Championship against Ray Phoenix. In this was, the, I mean, this was the match of the night. As I said before, like it got Wardlow over, but this is like you can't top this. Jake Hager. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jake. We remember how hot we the people was. Yeah. I but do. this match was this match was like outstanding. Yeah, and interesting here, uh, Kenny Omega actually defeated Phoenix to become the AAA Mega Champion back in 2019. Yeah. So, and, and Omega's still that champion. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was a crazy, crazy match. And you knew. And, it's like and a kiss ki- song almost. What's up? It's almost like a kiss song. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy nights. Yeah, probably. But uh, Kenny Omega picks up the victory. And then you look at the clock and it's like, oh, it's 9.50. Something else is going to go on here. But I thought like the match itself, like the, the V trigger and kick out spot, I thought was really nice. That. Was it the spot where he picked him up? He got the double underhook and gave him like a tiger driver. Yeah, yeah. Can you make a no, Ray Phoenix and planted with a tiger driver? Um, but there's, I mean, commentary pointed it out, but I highly doubt that it's gonna be mentioned again. Phoenix got his shoulder up. Yeah, they they did, and then they were like, "You got a shoulder up," but it, it wasn't like getting a shoulder up. It was uh, a last gasp breath to get him, you know, get him over. Yeah. So. But if if you thought Omega vs. Phoenix here was good, check them out when uh, when that that uh, the AAA Mega Championship was on the line because I thought that was like like miles above better than this match, and this match was really good. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying, that there was more to come. Don Callis showed up, and they had Butcher and Blade attacking 
and also Eddie Kingston attacking Pac and and Pentagon. And Callus teased Kenny beating Phoenix again. Yeah, they were going to beat him again. And then John Moxley shows up with a barbed wire baseball bat, hits Kenny Omega in the abdomen. Looks like uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, looks like John Moxley to end the show will uh, just be holding up the AEW World Championship. But no. Wait, did he have the title? No, he hands? didn't have the title. He was beating him okay. up with a baseball bat. And I then, thought for a second that he, I, I was like, did I not remember him having the title? But thank God. I just don't want a title match there. No. And then Luke, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, the Impact Tag Team Champions show up in AEW, invade the ring, and hashtag beat up John Moxley. Did you see yeah. that? Did you see that from Carl Anderson, which I thought was amazing? I did not. Know. Oh, he, he posted that clip, and you know how they used to have hashtag beat up John Cena. Yeah. They, now they had hashtag beat up uh, John Moxley. That's funny, especially because uh, the the introduction that Justin Roberts gives to Moxley comes from John Cena as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but then they just lay, they just didn't lay house to John Moxley. They laid house to Griff Garrison. They laid house yeah, to Brian Pillman Blondes. Jr. Every single person that was around the outside that was trying to jump in to help him. Um, Fuego del Sol got power Sol got power bombed through a table. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is where it kind of loses me a bit. You have the uh the young bucks come out to try to stop Kenny. And I feel like it just like it didn't hit. It didn't hit for you. Like the Young Bucks hit the super kick, and it's just like, oh, that was kind of weird. And then Kenny Omega just throws up the too sweet, and then they're all throwing up the too sweet, but they can't call it the too sweet. Jericho's like, they're throwing up that famous hand signal. <laughs> yeah. But- so yeah, so they they got uh, Bullet Club back in the states, and uh, AEW has them. I think they're gonna call them the Elite. Yeah, I believe they are going to be going as the Elite. Because they That's hyped, what the t-shirt is being sold as in on Pro Wrestling Tees. Because they're hyping up for next week. Oh, the Elite's going to be in action. Is it going to be what members of the Elite will be in action? So, yeah. So, you, I mean, Cody joined the Elite, what was it, two years ago or so? Yes. And then uh, now you have two or, I guess, three more members? Yes. Gals and Anderson. I think, yeah, and then I guess also Don Callis. Uh, I think he's just uh, the... Associated. Know. I don't think, yeah, they're just associated. the hype man. But, so uh, I, I I feel like because, I mean, I get it. It's pretty awesome that these guys are reformed. As I always say, I'm not with... I'm, I'm not a Young Bucks fan, but I guess for nostalgia purposes, this is cool. Yeah, um, like, I think it's safe to say that Bullet Club peaked in, like, 2016, maybe 2017. But this was a cool pop. Yeah, it was a great pop, and especially for the first show of the year. This is a great way to move forward in 2021 with AEW. And uh, Bullet Club ruling the, the world. The, the main event of, of Wrestle Kingdom 15 was, was, uh, was Jay White. Yeah. Uh, AEW had this little gimmick here. And NXT had Finn Balor in the main event. Adam Cole after the match, too. So So Bullet Club is all over the world. 
Yeah, and that was uh, New Year's Smash Night 1. Next week, we get the TNT title match between Darby Allin and Brian Cage. Miro versus Chuck T Taylor. Marco Stunt uh, and Jungle Boy versus FTR. You're going to get an NWA World Women's title match as Serena D will defend against Tay Conti. Uh, the Elite will be in action. Eddie Kingston versus Pac. And the waiting room with special guest Cody Rhodes. So that should be uh, interesting, to say the least. What is the waiting room again? That That's Britt Baker, Baker's oh, right. like, uh, Britt barbershop Baker, window yeah. uh, gimmick. I, I knew there was a, a show, and I just didn't know who it was. Yeah, true. Because when I pictured it, I'm like, Madison Rain, but I, that's definitely not correct. No, not at all. So, yeah, that was uh, AEW for this week. Uh, we'll talk about that next week, but let's take a break. Uh, and let's hear some words from our good friends at Manscaped before we get into the world of sports entertainment. Support for Marketing Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. You get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, so that way you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0 my camera batteries and my phone all on the same shelf huzzah if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code regardless that's one for this uh, read at manscape.com your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Manscaped, Manscaped, Manscaped. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off and free shipping. It's a new year. You want a new you. It starts with your nuts. So keep those things nice and clean. Go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Get yourself a lawnmower. Maybe you, uh, maybe you don't want to use that. Maybe you want to keep your ears and nose hair fresh. You get the weed whacker. That thing's awesome too. Uh, they've got great colognes. 
Outstanding. Manscaped.com. But for now, let's get to the world of sports entertainment. Yeah, and let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. So this was confusing. Yeah, seriously, I said Raw instead of Nitro. Yeah, well, not even that. But it opens up (laughs) with... It's Legends Night, and it opens up with an ad from Hulk Hogan for an H phone, which was a parody of an iPhone. I did not understand what the absolute hell was going on with that. I am still, like, baffled that this was even a thing. Does he have, like, a promotion out there? No, it was like a scratched-up Hulk Hogan iPhone case. (laughs) Like... I feel like it was one of those things where he got to the building and was just like, this would be a really funny idea. And everybody was just like, yeah, sure. No, okay, apparently Hogan. Vince McMahon or somebody goofed up the whole night throughout. Like they, I think they like, they had stuff and then changed it last second or something like that. And that shows like very much so at the, at the, after the main event. Which I it, it doesn't imagine. even make sense. I saw somebody reported that the, the main event was supposed to be Jeff Hardy versus Orton. And it's like, why why would that close over the title match? Yeah. But the first segment of Monday Night Raw after that H-Phone gimmick, we saw Miz TV where they hyped up Legends Night. New Day were uh, the guests on Miz TV. I liked Xavier Woods. They, they took over and they changed it into New Day Talks. And I liked Xavier Woods taking the, the little upside-down M, the WWE logo, and making it the, an actual WWE logo again on the microphone. But Teddy Long eventually came out, sets up a one-on-one match, or, or a handicap match against The Undertaker at first. <laughs> and uh, Adam Pearce is like, no, you, you, that's not a thing. And then he, uh, he sets up a tag team match. Of course, because you need a... Holla, 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 tag team match. And that gets, that leads into New Day picking up the victory over Miz and John Morrison in uh, a match I enjoyed. I liked this match. It's, yeah, it's been I, nothing but hurt business for about two months, so it was nice to see a different team for uh, an opponent for New Day. Yeah, it was definitely refreshing to change it up a little bit. Um, and yeah, it was a really fun match. It was a good match. I liked the intro with the Miz TV segment. Um, I thought the sure. uh, the aided stomp that New Day did was funny, where you thought there was mm-hmm. going to be like a big move out of it, and then Xavier Woods puts Kofi back down. It was just like a normal stomp. I thought that was funny. Yep. After that, we saw Randy Orton interviewed about what happened last week, and he mentioned the voices in his head told him to light Alexa Bliss on fire, but he just couldn't do it. And he said that he hates himself for not doing it. He's going to go find some legends to talk to. So then what did he do with the matches when the lights went off? I guess like, why did he just out the randomly fire. like... I mean, I guess he I wanted guess. the smoke. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but they, they showed a clip of Angel Garza winning the 24-7 championship that we discussed last week, that TikTok New Year's Eve bash. And then they cut to Angel Garza kind of gushing over Alicia Fox. And she leaves him... He walks into Sergeant Slaughter, Tatanka, and Mickey James, and he ends up just giving the rose to Mickey James. So I, I don't know if she's retired or not. I think she's just now getting cleared for her nose being broken. 
I would assume that she's retired. I don't think so. I didn't re for some reason I don't remember her breaking the nose. Well, yeah, she's been out for for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Next up, we saw AJ Styles defeat Elias. Uh, they changed the pronunciation of Omos. It's now like Almas, but with an O. It's just Amas. Amas. Yeah. Amas. 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 So it's Almas minus the L. Yeah, that's what I just said, basically. Pretty much. Amas. Why can't we just call him the Big O? Yeah. <laughs> I liked this match also, though. Uh, Elias hit that sit-out choke slam. I thought was was nice. Yeah, I thought that this was. I I believe that we have seen the both of them face off a few times, and every time that they face off, it's a really it's a good match. And here's something that maybe they listened last week to to your complaining <laughs> because AJ Styles uh, went for the phenomenal forearm, and Elias need him in the face, and then you AJ see? Styles won with the Styles Clash. You see, it's not that it's a signature move. It's not a finisher move. Uh, after the match, Jackson Riker went to hit AJ Styles with the guitar, and Amos kicked it, just made it like break into pieces as if, as if it was nothing. Toothpicks, toothpicks. I thought that was the. I think that might have been the coolest spot of the night, actually. That that I think that's the first time that we've seen Amos actually. Uh, physically get involved with something outside of the uh, well, he raw underground. Well, no, because he put um, through the table, but not not a kick or a punch wise. Right. I mean, outside of that raw underground, I think that's been the first time in a long time. We saw Riddle backstage talking to the Big Show about maybe becoming the Big Bro, <laughs> and he leaves. And then Randy Orton showed up and tried to get Big Show to do something. And then Big Show backed down. I guess Randy Orton was just trying... He was provoking him to try to get into a fight. Um, at, I, why Why does he have to provoke someone to fight him? I don't know. Like, just, Maybe that's just, what the just, voices were saying. I mean, he's a legend killer. This is not... Like, I mean, last time we saw Randy Orton and Big Show together, he was attacking him backstage during a poker no. game. No. No. No, that's not accurate. When was the last? We time? saw Big Show beating up Randy Orton. I thought in that that ambulance match. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the last time. Yep, yep, yep. Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans picked up a victory over Charlotte Flair and Oscar. They the showed goes to the assist goes to Ric Flair on that one. Yeah, um, but they showed a clip of Charlotte entering the Royal Rumble, so she's officially entered. Um, but yeah, because Ric Flair accompanied Charlotte to the ring, they they had Lacey Evans flirting with him throughout the match. Which I don't really get because everybody knows Lacey Evans is married with a kid. Yeah, it, yeah they literally you know? just did the this, this storyline last year, I believe. Yeah. Or maybe a year and a half ago. But, but so she was flirting with him throughout the whole match and Charlotte got pissed off at that. And it looked to me as if he accidentally or was like supposed to accidentally trip Charlotte there. Mm -hmm. But maybe it was on purpose. Maybe he just wanted, he got pissed that Charlotte yelled at him. It could be. 
I didn't think about that part. But it was it, it was cool to yeah. see Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans actually pick up the victory there because I was not expecting that. And I definitely I I definitely laughed at the fact that Ric Flair tripped Charlotte and it led to their their them losing. Uh and then afterwards Charlotte yelled at at Rick to stay out of her business. Mm-hmm. And then they were all buddy buddy again come the uh raw talk, but of course, of course. After that, we saw Sheamus and Drew McIntyre backstage. They were uh, they were talking, and then Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart walked up to them, interrupted. Hulk Hogan basically said that Drew McIntyre reminds him of him, which is just like, I don't see how. Because mm. Drew McIntyre is like, maybe like the early days of Hulk Hogan, but I don't even think that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this it just it wasn't needed. Not at all. It it was just a random spot just for the usage. And Jimmy Hart like kind of arguing or annoying Sheamus. It, again, that wasn't needed either. No, I agree. A- after that, we saw Riddle defeat Bobby Lashley, which was kind of surprising. But Riddle started off hot right away, right even before. Uh, before the bell rang, it didn't last long, but he still he he got a lot in during that match. Um, yeah, I was actually really surprised with this, but Riddle, especially because Lashley's been really hot recently with his uh, not the Masters lock, but lock. he's been he's been on a hot streak. But I like the ending though because it didn't it didn't necessarily it didn't necessarily factor into Lashley losing cleanly. Mm-hmm. Because Lashley had that hurt lock on Riddle, and he used the ropes to springboard himself off. The referee ducks under Riddle. Matt Riddle taps out. The referee couldn't see that. Mm-hmm. And MVP starts to argue. And Riddle was able to roll him up and get the victory. Yeah. So it was it was a cool pin that I mean I don't remember ever seeing something like that a spot like that. No, it was a very innovative spot for sure. We saw Mark Henry wheeling backstage. I there was like no explanation as to why he was on a scooter. But he was backstage yeah. with Ricochet. Ricochet left and Randy Orton approaches Mark Henry. And Orton mentioned that he's entering the Raw Rumble. And he, again, was trying to seem like provoke Mark Henry. And then he made Mark Henry sad scoot off by himself before Randy Orton did anything to him. Which, once again, just... I'm trying to figure out what Randy Orton's entire scheme is. Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, afraid of Randy Orton. I don't know if it's really him being afraid of him. It's just nobody wants to just engage him. Yeah, yeah. But next up, you had uh, Shayna and Mandy. They were supposed to have a match, but did not take place. Yeah, Shayna Baszler attacked Mandy Rose during her entrance, and then Dana Brooke got into the ring and challenged Shayna Baszler and then actually picks up a victory over her. She had a quick um, reversal of the Kirafuda clutch. And it was still, I believe, while the Kirafuda clutch was locked in. Mm-hmm. 
and she wouldn't let go after the match, and Mandy Rose came and uh, kneed Shayna Baszler in the face. And I, again, was a bit surprised with that victory. I did not expect it, but we keep on saying it. Dana Brooks, she she deserves it. Yeah. Uh, after um, that, we saw Ric Flair backstage talking to IRS and Molly Holly. Randy Orton cuts it off and asked Ric Flair to accompany him to the ring. And Rick was like, never again. And then Orton called Ric Flair a pathetic old man. Leads right into Randy Orton picking up the victory over Jeff Hardy, where they did that awful ear spot again. I don't know why. I hate that spot. I think this is the third time in WWE that they're doing that now. But Third? I think so. I'm almost certain they did it two other times. Yeah. it's. I mean, even after seeing that spot that happened with uh, Rhea Ripley, where there was blood drawn from the ear you you don't want to see that stuff just leave it alone i just i didn't understand why this match needed to happen like i don't know maybe they were i don't know if they they didn't really paint the picture that jeff hardy represented the legends but i think they were trying to paint the picture that jeff hardy like represented the legends well you mentioned earlier that they apparently were shifting around a lot of the yeah, I don't, I don't see like how that. that would... I really don't know how that would be the main event at all. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It it doesn't make... Unless this... Like, with all the storylines with the Legends and stuff like that, it was building up to this match, but there was no real build to this match. Yeah, and there, there, was really, there was no payoff with Randy Orton either. No, none, none at all. After that, but. we saw Lucha House Party backstage meet up with Molina. Um, but that she didn't like accompany them to the ring or anything. They just I mean, went on there, to defeat the Hurt Business. There were rumors of her coming back, too. Yeah, well, that's been a thing. Yeah. Also, when in regards them- to people booked and not booked, uh, Carlito wasn't there. Candice Michelle was announced she wasn't there, and apparently both of them said that they were advertised, but neither of them were ever booked. I didn't see anybody advertised. Yeah, they had a long list of people that were booked, and both of them were on the list, and they were in the commercial even. Mm-hmm. And Carlito first said that, like, they contacted me to see how I would feel about being at Rob, but they never said, like, hey, you're booked. Yeah, that's weird. And the same thing with Candice Michelle. That was, like, bizarre. Mm Mm-hmm. But Lucha House Party picking up that victory, it was uh, cool to see them pick up the victory. Grand Metallic's been having a pretty damn good, like, few weeks. (laughs) 2021. You know, it's it's been really good for Grand Metallic, but it's really cool that WWE is finally utilizing him and seeing him for the potential that he has. Of course, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin argued a bit, and that's what cost them the match. Mm -hmm. But after the match, MVP yelled at them, told them that they need to work out their their differences. We'll see if that happens, though. Yeah. 
After that, we saw Angel Garza again walking backstage. He uh, tried to give Tori Wilson a rose, which uh, she was she was talking to Nikki Cross at the time, and Tori Wilson sent him down the hall to Kylie Jenner, Cardi B, and Ariana Grande's locker room. <laughs> he gets there, and it turns out to be the boogeyman. And Angel Garza gets scared. He runs away. And then R-Truth rolled him up to win the 24-7 championship back. And it ends with Ron Simmons saying damn to Angel Garza. Then, yeah. That was... I think if anybody was utilized properly on Monday Night Raw... (laughs) Boogeyman or Simmons? Legend site-wise, it would be Boogeyman. Yeah. I mean, and, and you gotta go with Simmons as well. I mean, Simmons, I feel like whenever he's utilized... Teddy Long, Ron Simmons, Boogeyman, and I guess Ric Flair were the yeah. ones utilized properly to me. I, I'd i agree. Hulk Hogan, not so much. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, definitely not so, so much. Yeah, and then it was even more weird because like earlier in the night we saw Riddle meet up with Keith Lee just to like talk him up, give him like a pep talk for some reason. And I thought there'd Mm -hmm. be a legend involved in that segment, but it was just them two. Yeah. I didn't understand why that was a thing. And then maybe I I had like thoughts that maybe Riddle was going to cost Keith Lee the match. Which I, I would have seen that coming. But that didn't happen. And the main event took place. We saw three McIntyre retain the WWE Championship and defeat Keith Lee. This, there were, like, I wasn't really feeling this match. But there were a bunch of cool spots that were that were exciting to see. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And... I don't know. I thought for me this was a good match. Yeah, but... everybody on Twitter was like going nuts over this, but like a lot of like time into the match, I'm like, is I'm just not feeling it. Mm-hmm. I like, I mean, McIntyre he puts Keith Lee through that announce table right on the corner. Yeah, and then I think another exciting thing, which I said before, the spot of the night was Amos and the kick, but I think maybe it was Keith Lee hitting that Spanish fly. Keith Lee just I it's Keith Lee I feel like is one of those wrestlers where you watch and because of the size of him he'll pull out a spot and you'll just be like that's easily the spot of the night just because of the size of him and the stuff that he's doing in the ring um it's just incredible I also I liked when he when Drew McIntyre went for the Claymore and Keith Lee caught him he goes for that spirit bomb and Drew McIntyre gets out of it he hits that Claymore picks up the victory Mm mm-hmm Overall, Legends Night, they basically just had Legends stand around and do nothing. During the main event, they sat on top of the stage and watched the match as if they were mentors for the first few seasons of NXT. (laughs) And then after the match, Goldberg's Mm -hmm. music hits. And you're like, God, why? Yeah. Yeah. He came out and he said McIntyre had no respect. He doesn't respect the legends. Where? (laughs) Why? Apparently, 
they ran long. And there was supposed to be a Drew McIntyre promo where I think he was supposed to trash the Legends. But is he heel? Did I miss something? No. Like, why would he trash the Legends without being provoked? Goldberg basically cut a promo on Drew McIntyre about Randy Orton from Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it was just bizarre. And then he challenged McIntyre to a match at the Rumble for the WWE Championship. McIntyre says it'd be fighting. It'd be like fighting his dad. Goldberg pushes him down and boom. Steve Austin's show. Yeah. It seems like they, I don't know. They, and I they don't also think said the plan nice. was for Drew McIntyre to get up and claim more uh, Goldberg. Yeah, they definitely did not set up this entire night well. I don't know why. It's like, during this era, it's just sit there, figure out a script before the actual... Like, how tough is it to sit down for the Raw team and just figure out what you want to do before 8 p.m.? Well, I don't think, we, stick could, to I don't it. think we could say that. We've never done that before. No, but why can't they just make up their mind Instead of changing it over and over and over until 8 p.m. comes around and they're like, oh, you know what? We're just going to toss whatever we got together and we'll see what happens. Vince is good with it, so we'll just give it a shot. The only thing that I hope to come of this is um, Goldberg losing. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know, Brandon. He took down the Fiend. I... He took down Brock. He took down Brock <laughs> That's Lesnar. That's true as well. I he yeah. He took down well, Roman Reigns, right? No. Yeah, but Braun Strowman. I I don't know. Did he defeat Roman Reigns? No. No, and that was that's what's been building up <sighs> since the debut of SmackDown on on Fox. They've been building that up. I don't want let Goldberg stay home. Let him stay home. Collect a paycheck. Just chill. We don't need Goldberg. And that's according to the, the news sites is that this only came about two days before Raw. Because there was nobody to, to that was built up enough to defeat, or not to defeat, to so, take on Drew McIntyre. <sighs> Which, if that happens and Drew McIntyre retains, then yeah, sure, this was great. But outside of that, if Goldberg becomes champion in 2021, that's terrible. But how crappy is that on WWE that they don't yeah, have somebody that 100%, they put, yeah. Right? Like, uh, the only pe- possible people that could be in that spot, Sheamus and Keith Lee, they've already utilized. Well, not necessarily Orton, for Sheamus, but... No, true. Randy Orton, they have caught up with The Fiend. It's And they did that already. Jeff Hardy doesn't make sense in there. It, it just sucks that they did not build up any single person to even put against Drew McIntyre. It's awful. Could but, have been Hogan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, it could have been Hogan. It could have. <laughs> Moving over to NXT New Year's Evil. Uh, prior to the show, it was announced that Timothy Thatcher had an injury and the fight pit match against Tommaso Ciampa would not be happening. Uh, But the actual show itself kicks off with Loomis shown all by himself in a darkened, empty arena 
and he keeps pushing the buttons to turn the lights on and off. And then yeah. uh, pulls the switch, and everything gets turned on to start the show. And was, they go, I thought it was really cool intro. Yeah, and it was right up uh, Loomis's alley. Uh, yeah, the first match I, we saw was Carrying Cross defeat Damian Priest. Good match, dude. This was an amazing opener. Two big guys uh, going in there, beating the heck out of each other. Hard hitting. Uh, this match was intense. I love, I don't know if I've seen this before and if I have, it's been a very long time, but the lockup from the start of it, they locked up and then they stayed, remained in a locked, a lockup position. They stumbled to the outside of the ring, staying in the locked up position, throwing each other against the boards. Uh, this entire yeah, match rolling was in and intense. out of the ring locked up. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It was a very cool spot. This entire match, it it totally won me over. This match got me ready for NXT. I like Damian Priest hitting that springboard rolling senton. Yep, that was a really cool spot. Uh, I liked how Damian Priest had a had a lot of opportunity on Cross, and um, Cro- both came out looking really strong in this. Yeah, and uh, Cross hit that Doomsday Saito and that running forearm, which I don't think we've seen him do before. No, that was the victory. first. Yeah, that was the first time that we've seen him do that, and that looked sick. That looked sick. Um, yeah, there were so many spots in this match that I was a huge fan of, but Karrion Cross picked up the victory over Damian Priest. After that, they announced a few teams for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Undisputed Era, we already know Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. They announced Everize, which is awesome. Brizongo, Kurt Stallion, and August Gray. Uh, Killian That's... Dane and Drake Maverick. Imperium. Afterwards, they announced uh, on, on WW.com, and I think there's still teams to be announced. They announced Grizzled Young Veterans, who made it to the finals last year. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Jake Atlas had a backstage segment off air that like they shook hands and they're like, we'll team, uh, hmm. the Bollywood boys are going to be in it. Legato del Fantasma and, uh, Kushida and Leon Ruff. They've all been confirmed there. I am excited for this. I think that this entire tournament is going to be a lot of fun. And I, I love seeing Kurt Stallion in this. Yeah, and that's it's uh, cool. August Stray. It's it's cool that both of them are in it. I watched on uh, on the YouTube channel that Kurt Stallion's like, I didn't expect to get signed and be used like right away. Yeah, and both of them got signed right away, and they're they're being utilized on two hundred five live and NXT now. It's awesome. It's awesome. After that, we saw undisputed. Era being interviewed about facing Brizongo next week in the opening round of the Dusty Classic. And they basically just said that they're going to win and then they put over Kyle O'Reilly. So. I mean, yeah, that's really it. Next up. Next up, you had Santos Escobar pick up the victory over Grand Metallique to retain. Um, this was, I feel like this one lived up to expectations. I wanted it to be longer. Really? I wish it was longer. I, I liked while the match was going on, they mentioned how they tagged a bit in Mexico and they mentioned how they've never faced each other in singles competition. Mm-hmm. They faced off in tag team competition, but never one-on-one. And I thought that was really cool to bring, bring in their history together. Cause that's what I believe I said that last week. 
Yeah, you, you brought up their history. Um, but I, I like this match overall. There was uh, the one point where Santos Escobar slipped off the apron, but he was still able to catch Grand Metallic, and they recovered, I would say, nicely with Santos throwing Grand Metallic into the barricade. I totally agree with you. You you didn't even really notice it. Lince Dorado took out Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde at one point. Mm-hmm. But uh, Santos was able to hit that phantom driver to pick up the victory. Yeah. Uh, next up, you had a little uh, hype video for Mercedes Martinez. She's going after EO. Yeah, and... she wants the title. Yeah, she wants that title. I thought that this was a strong promo from her. After that, we saw Zia Lee and Boa make their return to the Capitol Wrestling Center. Awesome they did not come. They, yeah, they did not come alone. Uh, we they still had have no idea who she or he is. Yeah, the, the, that entity uh, that was there. And it, was a, it really was a cool entrance. They started with a zoom out, and then they zoomed in, and then they pulled back a little bit. It was bit like they were in like a temple. Like all around, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was really awesome with all the flames surrounding them. And Very then, cool. And she, yeah, then she picked up the victory over Katrina Cortez. And I, Zia Lee, really good match and good showing for yeah, her. It was a quick showcase match. It did what it needed to do. And everybody on Wednesday, were they were talking about Zia Lee. I, I like that she got rid of the fans. And now she's using like spikes. You know, with her entrance. Uh, she used to use the little two fans, and oh. now she's using spikes. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, in the entrance, <laughs> yeah, she used no, to use I know the fans. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that kind of transition, and she just looked mean. And I don't know if it's just me, but she looked a, she looked shredded in this match. Well, she like, is. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, she just looked shredded. She looked mean. And she looked like she was ready to kick your head off. And I was a huge fan of this new attitude from her. Uh, that that last kick was just nasty. Um, and yeah, awesome. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I guess next week we're gonna probably see what happens with both. Probably, yeah. Unless he's just gonna be like her manager now. I hope not because I don't think so. I think that they they'll probably have him wrestle next week while she's on the outside of the ring. Uh, after that, we saw Bronson Reed in a quick interview. He hypes himself up, hypes up 2021, and then hyped up Rhea Ripley to, to pick up the victory in that next match. But Raquel Gonzalez walked out of that last woman standing match against Rhea Ripley. And this was another hard-hitting match. I Just with weapons, other than like the steel steps. This match was probably my markout moment of the week and my favorite uh, my favorite match of the week. I wasn't expecting it to be like that. I was not either. Even that's the spot a... when uh, Rhea Ripley speared Raquel Gonzalez through the doorway, but like the glass on the door shattered and broke out. Yeah, that shattered. I like this spot in the back where she, where Ripley did the suck it and then yeah, and uh, jumped off, dove off, and then you had um, Kai come in. And just start beating her with that kendo stick. Yeah, and then she destroys Dakota Kai and shoves her in a locker. <laughs> I it was it was perfect, but um, 
yeah, this match, I just, there was not anything else that you could say about it, but this was a perfect match of these two women in there. And I'm so happy to see that Raquel Gonzalez picked up the victory. I was not expecting her to get the victory. I, I needed she, to see her get the victory because she was on such like a, a hot streak recently. Uh-huh. Picks up the victory at War Games. Basically claims she wants the title and then nothing comes of that. I totally agree with you. Nothing was coming of and it. It's and it's weird because this... now Mercedes Martinez is here. Also uh, like a, a bigger badass woman. Uh-huh. Also wants the title. You know, I I totally agree with you. And I love her power bomb. And it, the power bomb through I was not expecting her, uh them to go through the ramp like that or the stage. Yeah, and that led to the end. I was not expecting her to get to the stage and I love her staggering to stand up where she stood up, she had her facial expression was perfect. And then she kind of remained up, staggering a little bit. I love the spot. It was a great match. Um, After that, we saw the way come to the ring um, after being escorted to the building with lights and sirens. Mm -hmm. Candice gave Johnny Gargano a plaque for breaking his curse. Uh, While Indy Hartwell or Indy Wrestling and Austin Theory (laughs) revealed a comic book style art poster of the four of them for Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. And then Gargano announced that him and Austin Theory will be entering the Dusty Classic. Shotzi Blackheart cuts us off and she hits Austin Theory with the, the missile from her tank, which I thought was a funny spot. Yeah. She even tweeted. <laughs> she said, oh, wow, it was such a small target to hit. <laughs> uh, but she goes after Candice LeRae. Johnny Gargano, I think, went to square up, it seemed like. But Kushida made his way out, and Dexter Loomis just very creepily rings the bell. <laughs> and uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Kushida picked up the victory over Johnny and Candice. This was a good, a fun, just toss-together match. They had Dexter Loomis on commentary, which is absolutely funny, because <laughs> he just sat just there. He didn't say anything. Yeah. It, um, it was perfect. But Austin Theory got involved, and then Kushida dropped... Johnny Gargano uh, into Austin Theory in the corner into uh, what Shotzi Blackheart spot. took advantage of earlier. Yeah, the groin spot. Uh, yeah, and I just I really like this match so much that I was just like I want to see Kushida and Shotzi Blackheart in the Dusty Classic. I would love to see a, a mixed tag team challenge. I, I don't even I don't need a mixed match challenge like that. I just want. Shotzi and Kushida, they could easily have Johnny and Candice in there also. It would be cool to see one on NXT, though. Well. A mixed match challenge um, for NXT. Yeah, but they uh, after that, they announced NXT TakeOver. The next one is going to be on Valentine's Day, which is a Sunday this year. I know what I'm doing on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I marked out big time that they announced this. Because I thought it was going to be St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh, that's funny. I was like, yes, hell yeah, they're going to have NXT Do they have Valentine's a name for it? Day Massacre. No, it's just called NXT on Valentine's Day so far. Hey, you, 
you never know. I dummied up a logo. They could be hosted by Karrion Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux. Hey, they could still do it. They could still do it. I don't know it. if that's going to happen, but they also, uh, William Regal announced a women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is coming to NXT. Awesome. Uh, just so awesome. I hope that they have a few tag teams that we haven't seen or some women wrestlers that we haven't seen yet. That's what Maybe I was saying. It sucks that it sucks that Bull Nakano is retired because it would have been cool to see her team up with a Lunger Blaze. Mm-hmm. Have something like of an older generation team up in this NXT division? Well, I don't know if she's actually retired. I think she's retired. Well, last I know, they were ha- they were actually having a feud, her and Blaze, in California. Yeah, but wasn't it over? Um, it was just managerial-wise. Yeah, I mean. they may have been just managerial. But I, I think that this is going to be just... I don't know. And I don't know how many... We don't know how many teams are in either Dusty Classic. I think right now there's 12 teams for the men announced. I feel like they might get to 16. I hope so. I The more the merrier. And with the women's um, Dusty Rhodes Classic, I can't even imagine... Like, off the top of my head, we could have Indy and Candice. Yeah. Casey and Caden. Yeah, Raquel and Kai. Um, and I, I just, Rhea, Rhea and, uh, Shotzi. I was thinking Shotzi and Ember. Okay. Shotzi, Ember, probably maybe Rhea and, uh, not EO. That's the only one who I could think of for Rhea. Right. That's the only thing too. Um, let's see. Maybe Vanessa Bourne returns and we get, uh. Her teaming up with Aaliyah again? We haven't seen her in a while. No. Um, yeah. But, but it should be a lot of fun. Next up, you had the main event of the evening. Finn Balor picked up the victory over Kyle O'Reilly to retain the NXT Championship. And this match, it was, it was just... It was technically sound. It was fun. I liked. I liked. I liked their match at Takeover Thirty One better. I, I liked this match, but I liked Thirty One better. I think I would have to watch. I have to rewatch Thirty One again. But this match, I really did like. I liked how you had that spot, the throwback to the to the broken jaw, where Kyle O'Reilly was biting the ring ropes to break up the pin. Yeah. And then, or the break up the submission, and then Balor kicked the ropes. Um, I thought that was a really good spot. How did Balor split his head open? I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't. I couldn't even see it. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but I I just felt like this match didn't really get going until after 10 p.m. Huh. But and I also I didn't expect to see Kyle O'Reilly tap at all. I wasn't expecting that either. What would you think about... So I thought about this during the entrance because I mentioned about are we going to see the demon? Do you think we're ever going to see half demon, half Balor? Like see the demon breaking through, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Like we haven't seen a split personality figure of the demon. That's always something that could be a good transition at some point to do a half I face. think that'd be hokey. Given given what that we've already happens. seen... The demon, I think that'd kind of be weird. 
it until it happens, and then you mark out. I don't know. But I don't know who's next for Finn Balor. I don't know if it's Karrion Cross. I don't know if Pete Dunne is next. I don't know if Jay White is next. I don't I don't know who Jay White. Yeah. Why that? Big rumors swirling. No. Big time. Why? Well, cuz after he lost the championships at Wrestle Kingdom, which we discussed earlier, he uh cut a crazy wild press conference, post-match press conference promo saying that after New Year Dash, he's done, and he lost cleanly in that match at New Year Dash. That's interesting. So everyone was, everyone on the internet, it was trending worldwide today. Jay White Imagine. maybe yeah, I did. going to WWE. I did say uh, CJ White trending, but I didn't click into it. Is that That would Jay be interesting. Name? Huh? Is that his name? Jay White? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said you saw CJ White. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, you had me second guessing. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's his name. <laughs> um, but that was NXT New Year's Evil. Moving over to NXT UK really quickly. A number one contenders match opened the show for the women's championship. Ginny picks up the victory over Piper Niven. Uh, which I'm happy about that because Niven's been in the in the title scene for quite some time now. But Joseph Connors came out to watch this, and he ended up taking a rolling senton off the apron for Ginny. And then he also tripped Piper Niven, which led to Ginny picking up that victory. So I'm a I'm a big fan of Ginny. I I want to see a crossover between UK and NXT. Dude, I am. I they there I need that so badly because Eva Valkyrie I think is incredible. They aired a, another vignette for her this week and it's just so good. And uh I just I want to see more and more of her wrestling. And I hope that one day she's on Raw and SmackDown or NXT over here or something like that. But after that we saw a supernova session Hosted by Noam Dar with his guest, Ben Carter, who blew up. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. He blew up in that AEW match of his. And then almost immediately got signed by WWE. And uh, Noam Dar was referring to him as Ben Carpenter at first. And then Carter ends up saying that he wants to be the face. He, I mean, he wants to He wants to face the best in the industry. Out comes the Cruiserweight champion, Jordan Devlin, which led to the main event being set up. Uh, We saw Dave Mastiff pick up the victory over Saxon Huxley. And then the main event we saw was Jordan Devlin defeat Ben Carter to retain the Cruiserweight championship. And I think it's really cool that this was Ben Carter's first match in WWE. And it was for Mm -hmm. a championship. I think they did a really good job at building him up in this match. It made him look like he could win the championship. Mm -hmm. And it's not often that we see somebody win that title in their debut. And it's not even, it's not often that we see somebody in their debut, get a championship shot. Um, yeah, it's very, uh, Christian. It's very what Christian. (laughs) Why? What was, 
cruiserweight the one that light heavyweight on his first wasn't uh, light heavyweight he, i think it might have been the light heavyweight championship could have been light heavyweight why do i want to say european it could be like uh, yeah i think it's light heavyweight and then santino yeah santino but even like even just having a match for a title i, I think of aj yes. styles and his debut he had a match for the wwe championship uh but nobody, yeah, but everybody over. I mean, it's, and it was AJ Styles. It's not like yeah, but oh, everybody I mean, AJ Styles over, no, no, is a scrub. Everybody did, came overlooks in. that because it was a Royal Rumble. They don't really count it as that. But yeah, everybody but it's also in that AJ match Styles, had a WWE guy, Championship match. So yeah, but the guy's a scrub. I mean, it was AJ Styles coming in from some indie promotion. Yeah. I mean, who really did he ever beat? He's a nobody. But AJ it was Styles. cool. Uh, if you have not watched Jordan Devlin versus Ben Carter, definitely check that out. Triple H put it over. Shawn Michaels put it over. So many people on the internet were putting it over. This uh, this was a lot like that Ilya Dragunov Walter situation. Mm-hmm. You'll hear it from like maybe two weeks from now. People will be like, "Oh my god, did you see Jordan Devlin versus Ben Carter?" You heard it here first. Could could or be second. could be. <laughs> Moving on from NXT UK over to SmackDown, it opens up with the big dog Roman Reigns. Speaking about Kevin Owens and how he didn't want to do what he did to him last week. And he put all the blame on Adam Pierce and he calls Adam Pierce out to the ring and yelled at him for booking a gauntlet match for the main event. Basically implied that he should be the one that picks his own opponents. Mm. And then he also kind of implied that Adam Pierce might not be safe later on. That leads into Big E versus Apollo Crews, which ends in a double pin. There was no entrances. Double pin. Goofy ending. I hated that. Yeah. I, I hate when they do that double ending garbage. And I hate how I hate how one person celebrates and the other person is just confused. And the referee doesn't really make a stand as to really what's taking place. And this was even worse. Apollo Crews looked like he was like 100%. It looked like he defeated Big E. Big E was shocked. Big Cruz celebrated. Big E was kind of, they go Big e was kind of like going as if he lost it. It goes into commercial. Yeah. Comes back. The referee announced that it was a double pin, which is so stupid. And and then both of them, I feel like, reacted in ways that they wouldn't normally react. I don't feel like it fits their characters. Like, Apollo Cruz was so happy to be like, oh, hey, like, we were buddy-buddy. I'll take the, the first shot if you're going to offer up a, a, an open challenge. Cruz, Big E's like, I don't make the rules, brother. Tries to fist bump him, gets slapped in the face from Apollo Cruz. Bad sportsmanship. Not something you'd yeah. see from Apollo Cruz, in my opinion. I like it, though. And then Big I E mean... called for the match to restart. Mm-hmm. Picks up the victory over Apollo Cruz to retain that and Intercontinental Championship. Just going to say that the, Cre- the um, Apollo. We didn't see that coming from him, but this is, we also didn't see a angry, mean Big E. Like, he was pissed. Yeah. And it was good. But he picks up that victory, and again, I really, I don't know why that first part needed to happen. I don't know why they couldn't just have, like, a good match between the two of them. Yeah. Sonya Deville showed up, and I guess she's now Adam Pierce's assistant. I'm all for it, you know. I'm so happy to see Sonya Deville back on television. 
Uh, I mean, before she took time off, we were saying she had she the watching her and Mandy Rose develop has been such a a fun process because we've seen them from tough enough and everything like that. It's just something that we haven't seen in a very long time and to see them develop into the superstars that they are right now. Uh, seeing Sonya Deville come back is 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 a lot of fun, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen with her. Yeah, uh, after that, Bianca Belair was about to be interviewed after she declared herself for the Royal Rumble. But Bailey cuts it off and also announces that she's entering the Royal Rumble. Meh. I'm wondering, maybe Bailey could win the Royal Rumble? And there's our uh, Sasha versus Bailey at WrestleMania. It's very possible. Very possible. After that, Carmella spoke trash about Sasha Banks and how she's better than her while drinking champagne. Uh, mm-hmm. So no match from Carmella this week. Sasha Banks was not on, even though she was named Sports Illustrated number one wrestler of the year. Uh, matchup which next. Is, which is... Which is cool seeing that she's coming back off of after that like WrestleMania um, return and stuff, you know where they had the documentary on her and everything, how she took the time off and then she came back. It's nice to see that she is just since coming back, she's been on fire. Yeah, but that that list is, uh, I think, incorrect. Yeah, yeah of course. Like I big know. time. I like I, I like Eddie Kingston, but I don't think he should be on that top ten list. And the fact that Oscar's yeah, not on that list at all makes no sense. Yeah, I agree. Moxley at number two? Come on. Omega at five? But without Oscar, <laughs> it makes no sense. Number one and two should be Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. But um, after that, we saw the Dirty Dogs pick up the victory over the Street Profits to win the Tag Team Championships. I was not expecting not that at, at all. all. Montez hey. Ford injured his knee during this and sold it throughout the match, and I thought this was a damn good match. I totally agree with you. This was a great, uh, great tag team action. There were spots oh. when Montez Ford was hobbling on one leg, fighting off Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, and I'm like, yeah, of course they're going to win. Of course, mm-hmm. the Street Profits are going to retain, and this is still, like, it's really cool that he's, like, doing this on, on one good leg. Yeah. And then they, they did that, the, the spine buster combo with the, the what is Ziggler's move called? I can't think of what it's called Zig- right now. Zig- yeah, zigzag. zigzag. And then they picked up that victory. I wasn't, I was not expecting that. I, I totally agree with you, and... Have they done that finisher before? Probably. I I thought that I don't know I I don't remember seeing them do it, but that was a great finisher together. I think they have. I know they have the yeah, other I, the aided famouser also. Yeah, I feel like they have done it before, but I was a huge fan of it, and I definitely did not expect them to pick up the victory. Uh, after that, we saw Paul Heyman tell Adam Pierce that he pulled some strings and got him into the gauntlet. <laughs> So that was that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we saw Billy Kay approach the Riot Squad to talk to them about their victory last week. Mm-hmm. And then pitch changing the Riot Squad from a duo back to a trio. 
And they turn her down and she starts to cry about how Natalia and Tamita didn't want her and how now they don't. And Liv Morgan was like, it's not that we don't want you. And she instantly like changes into all happy. And she's like, I could be like you guys. I just started listening to Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was funny. And I, I'm assuming maybe next week or so we're going to see an emo version of Billy Kay or what she perceives to be Riot Squad version of Billy Kay. I am looking forward to it completely. I think that she, her character, she plays so well. I am looking forward to this next week. It's funny that Sonya Deville ends up being the assistant. Meanwhile, Billy Kay submitted her resume like a thousand yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, we have the main event, a number one contender's gauntlet for who Roman Reigns' opponent will be at the Royal Rumble. Starts off, Sami Zayn cuts a long promo about how it's a conspiracy that he was out first. He had a film crew following him as well, which I thought was funny. And he gets yeah. into the ring, maybe in a minute, loses to Rey Mysterio, 619 in a frog splash. I was a huge fan of this. Nakamura came out and picked up the victory over Rey Mysterio. And this, I, what? I was a fan of when Nakamura came up. I don't know why. But I'm such I I kind of feel like my my fandom for Nakamura has been renewed recently. Yeah, and I think this was like an incredible showcase for Nakamura. Totally, I totally agree with you. When you know after he yeah. picked up the victory over Rey Mysterio, King Corbin came out and attacked Dominic and Rey, and also kind of Nakamura. But Nakamura picks up the victory over King Corbin. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Nakamura, so to me, I, I think surprisingly, picks up the victory over Daniel Bryan. I'm so happy about that. It was, and that that alone, that match I thought was really good. I liked the the Nakamura had the armbar, and then it got reversed. Daniel Bryan had his own armbar locked in. Mm-hmm. But this, it was just an exciting match. And then afterwards, Daniel Bryan helped Nakamura up, and they shook hands. So I don't know if that's like a turn for Nakamura? I I would think so. Especially after we see the next thing is Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and Paul Heyman come out with Adam Pearce. Jey Uso and Roman Reigns attack Nakamura. And then Reigns rolls Adam Pearce into the ring to pin him, and Jey, Jey hits him with a super kick, places him on Nakamura, Adam Pierce wins the gauntlet by pinning Nakamura and he's going to the Raw Rumble to face Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, yeah. I'm, it's something new. I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm looking forward to that. I hope that this, that this match actually happens. I agree with you. I think that this, this was just overall a lot of fun. Um, do you think that Nakamura is going to go back to his old theme? No. I hope so. The The last so. time Adam Pierce wrestled a match in WWE, mm-hmm. I believe, was August 1997. What was it, like a medal? Shotgun Saturday night, he lost oh, to... Oh, it was so close. He lost, I think medal might have been 2000. 
So close. But he lost to Tiger Ali Singh. Not too shabby. So was it with uh, D'Lo? No, it was it was way before that. It was Tiger Ali Singh with his father and uh, Iron Sheik. Oh wow, that's pretty uh, pretty nifty uh, tidbit you got over there, B Dog. Yeah, but that was SmackDown. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> you got any uh, shout-outs? This is Miss Piggy, and you should be listening to moi instead of Brandon's shout-outs. Jerry Marsden of Jerry and the Pacemakers unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 78. Um, so he's getting the first shout-out. I always wanted to see them live. But I, I I don't think they they never came to the New York area, so I never got the chance to. But one of their most famous songs is a cover from uh, the Broadway show Carousel, which is "You'll Never Walk Alone." Uh, other songs of theirs to check out, I'd say, would be "Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying," "Ferry Across mm-hmm. the Mersey," their cover of Bobby Darin's "I'll Be There," mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I wish I got the chance to see them. Um, and I hope all of you check out his music if you don't already know him. The next shout-out goes to Kim's Convenience, which is a Canadian show, but we get it here on Netflix. I've been meaning to check it out. I didn't realize that it's been out since 2016. <laughs> hmm. I like, put it away for that long put it on hold for that long mm-hmm. but it there's four seasons out now i just gotta wait for the fifth i've watched all of them and uh i think it's worth checking out i enjoyed it uh and then the last shout out has to go to minoru suzuki's theme song kaze ninare which it's every time i watch a new japan show and he's on it and his theme song is there it just gets stuck in my head <laughs> It like it always gets stuck in my head when I hear it. Like right now, all I could hear is Kaze Ninare playing in my head. Can you sing it? Absolutely not. Can you try Absolutely to? not. You would be Absolutely at it. not. And those are my shout outs. Now it's time for Ow. Ow. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Um, Chris and I discussed it earlier, but Tony Khan bought the rights to Tarzan Boy. So Jungle Boy (laughs) can use it as his entrance music. And I popped at Taz singing along to it on AEW Dark. That's a clip that everybody should seek out and find and watch. (laughs) Because I thought it was so funny. I, I definitely marked out for that too. Like, I mean... So, I remember that song because it was featured in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Oh. I, I was saying, I been... said earlier, I was like, it, it was like a meme song, so I really hate that song. <laughs> a meme song? A meme song. Yeah. I didn't know that it was a meme song. Yeah, it was like before YouTube even, it was like a meme Oh, yeah, yeah, like kind of where you go to the website and it would just keep on playing on repeat. Yeah, I don't remember Do what the like website that? was, but yeah. Yeah, I I remember that song. I think it was the 
what was it lost in time yeah, it was like no, no, that doesn't sound that like was the video game it was like two or three where they go to uh what was it i forgot but it was two or three but yeah i am addicted to that song um brandon would you like to sing that with me no okay okay <laughs> well i'm gonna go with besides that i'm gonna add on to there um that that last woman standing match i was a huge mark for it the entire time huge mark for it um and in addition to that cross and priest totally marked out the entire time yeah maybe i you had to know that cross was going to come out as the winner but this was an amazing match so the last woman standing match and cross and priest definitely my mark out moments i also have one more that i pop for uh-huh. Um, there's a new show that's out on NBC now called Mr. Mayor starring Ted Danson. They aired the, the first two episodes on, I think it was Thursday and I popped only because this week of pro wrestling, they mentioned Calvin Brodus, Mr. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so because he was on AEW dynamite this week, I popped that. That I was watching a show and they mentioned Snoop Dogg. That's funny. And it's also, I mean, to tie it in right now off the top of my head, it, that's also the, where Brodus Clay got his name from. So, Really? Because he, he used to be Snoop Dogg's bodyguard. Yeah, the security or bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But that is our Mark Out Moment of the Week. And that ends episode 518. Thank you so much for listening again this week. Check us out on Twitter at Marking Out at BTTG161. Chris Sweendog, Dave the Rave underscore MO. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Marking Out. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Marking Out 11. You can also see us on Instagram at Marking Out 11. You can follow me on Instagram at BTTG161. Purchase some t-shirts, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. We're on Twitch. Go to Twitch.tv slash out. Hit that uh, follow button there. We would greatly appreciate it. Check us out. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts. Follow us on all those apps, those, those internet gimmicks, and we wish you the the I love it when we harmonize. <laughs> Best, Best of luck, luck in your future, your future endeavors. endeavors.